Are they shiny? They're very shiny. They have, they have shiny butts. They have shiny butts. Oh my gosh. That's really cool. <laughs> Nomadic cowbirds and poking the puffballs. I like turtles. And lightsaber frog calls. Fresh steamy scat filled with persimmon seeds. Hello. I'm Rachel Roth. <laughs> and I'm one of the hosts for That's My Favorite. The podcast where we geek out with naturalists. And uh, today I'm here with Nicole Brown. And Nicole, hey. Hey. What's your favorite? Bees. Bees. Like, every bee? I mean, yeah. But mostly solitary bees. Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) They're pretty amazing. So, what's your favorite thing about bees? I mean, they got some really cute little fuzzy butts. (laughs) <laughs> and they got little cute fuzzy legs and big ol' eyes. And what's not to love? That's a good question. <laughs> what is there not to love? <laughs> well, I mean, when you think of honeybees, you think of them stinging you and all that fun stuff. But there's a lot of other bees out there. And, you know, a lot of people are pretty familiar with honeybees because we get honey from them and they pollinate our crops. And that's great. But... There's another, you know, 98% of bees out there that we've never even thought talk about ever. And they lead solitary lives and they're their own queens and they're amazing. Is this like in, just in the United States or everywhere? Everywhere. So they are found all over the world. Um, there are some amount of species that I don't remember. And, you know, they're everywhere. They really are. There's even a family <laughs> that's found only in Australia. So that's crazy. It's pretty unique. So what kinds of bees do we have in Kansas? Oh, what's up? Are they found in Antarctica? Probably not. If I had to guess, <laughs> if I had to guess and go out on a limb, I would say there's probably not any bees in Antarctica. But I Are guess there... don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. Are there bees on limbs? <laughs> I mean, there's bees that burrow into limbs and oh. lay their eggs, but not like human. Do you mean like, like they literally, like they dig into trees? Yeah, they'll like make little holes, usually with their mouths, not with their arms, because their arms are very small. Um, <laughs> no, I'm thinking like the spindly little bee legs just like <laughs> clawing at a tree. It would take a while. <laughs> they can dig nests underground though with their little tiny arms, so it's pretty cool. Okay, wait, hang on. So, sorry. I'm, what, I, what was going on in my brain just then <laughs> when I had that, like, weird brain spasm <laughs> of silence? Um, I was, like, picturing bee tongues going into flowers, right? Mm-hmm. But they chew. Mm-hmm. Do they use those mouth parts for eating anything? Like, So, yes, bees have very unique mouth parts. It is true. Um, they have their cute little tongues that they use to sap up nectar and all that fun stuff. But then they also have, you know, mandibles that they're using to chew on things, whether that's a plant stem to cut it open, a leaf to, you know, cut off a little section and fly it back to their nest. Oh, like leaf cutter bees. Yeah, leaf okay. cutter bees. They cut off leaves and, you know, fly them back to their nest and make, you know, their nest out of leaves. Others can use flower petals or they'll use the seed head of a, a spent flower in the fall to make their nest in. So there's a lot of different options for our little solitary bee friends. So That's crazy. You know, they're overlooked. Yeah. I was just looking at like a close-up picture of a bee face, and I don't even remember seeing or noticing that it had mandibles. Yeah. It <laughs> seems so obvious, but like, <laughs> I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, is it like accurate to picture like basically like an ant face? 
with mandibles? It, it depends on the species. Some oh, of them, like gosh. the leafcutter bee, has very large mandibles. Other ones, you know, they're going to be, they're not using those for cutting things or, you know, really, they don't use them much for defense either, so they might be a little bit smaller. But, yeah. Bees are weird. <laughs> So, um, the family that most people are kind of, you know, familiar with um, is the family Apidae. That is our honeybees, our bumblebees, but it also includes the carpenter bees. Those are the ones that a lot of people don't really like because they like to burrow into wood and can destroy a deck if given enough time. Are they big like bumblebees? They are pretty okay. big, yeah, and they look very similar, um, even in color and shape and size. You know, a lot of bumblebees tend to have yellow on their middle section, um, which is their thorax, with a little black dot on the top, and then our uh, carpenter bees look exactly like that but their abdomens um, are not furry like a bumblebee so that's oh. the biggest and easiest way to tell them apart are they shiny they're very shiny they have, they have shiny butts they have shiny butts oh my gosh that's really <laughs> cool <laughs> so if that's the only stuff in apity like what what else is there? Yeah, so that one family is the pretty much the only one that most people know about. Um, and, you know, that's oh, you're right. maybe 2% of bees in the entire world. Um, but then we have fun bees like the megachiles. Um, mm -hmm. These are very large-bodied bees. Um, they tend to have very, very fuzzy abdomens, and they actually carry their pollen on their abdomen. So if you look up the megachile bee, um, they often will have yellow on their abdomen, but that's not the color of their fur. That's actually just pollen that they've collected from flowers. Aww. So pretty cute. Like <laughs> the kangaroos of bees. <laughs> Perfect analogy, yes. <laughs> Except they do not carry their babies on their pouch. So they don't even have pouches. It's just special hair. They don't carry babies at all, ever, no, do they? Not no. even if they're not a honeybee. Okay. No, yeah. Just, just checking. <laughs> they, I don't know. Yeah. It could be like weird crayfish or something. <laughs> no, yeah. And most um, are solitary bees, the ones that, you know, have a little nest and they're taking care of that nest all by themselves. Um, usually they don't really take too much care of their young. Um, they just kind of make a little cell, lay an egg with a bunch of uh, nectar and pollen inside of there for the baby to eat once it hatches. It spends, you know, its whole larval stage inside that cell and then will pupate in there and emerge later as an adult bee so fully formed it you know has wings the wings are already dry and it just flies away so oh. there's not a whole lot of parenting that goes on in you know solitary bees um a lot of people when you think of bees you think of a beehive and right. you know all that work that goes into raising those little guys but um solitary bees do it a little bit differently um, doesn't mean they're not good parents. They just, they just do it differently, and that's okay. They're good solitary bee parents. Yeah. It's, it's what works for them. a different standard. Yeah, it works for them. You know, they're very successful, so, you know. Cool. It's just different. Um, I have a weird question that yes. I just thought of. Okay. Um, fly babies are maggots. Yes. <laughs> are bee babies basically maggots. They look a lot like maggots. Oh my yeah, God. they don't have any fur or anything. Um, they do have six legs, like all insects. Um, but, you know, they're kind of maggoty looking. They're not super appealing to people, but I don't know. I still think they're kind of cute. <laughs> Let it be known, Nicole thinks maggoty little baby bees <laughs> are the cutest. <laughs> Maybe not the cutest, but they're pretty cute. Are there ever, like, fuzzy ones? Like little like caterpillar maggots, like <laughs> not that I know of, but maybe not sure. 
Okay. And it's hard to know for sure because, you know, these, these bees are inside of, you know, a nest. You don't see them unless you yeah. break open that nest, which would, you know, possibly harm the bees inside. So I don't know that every single species of bee, you know, larva has been looked at necessarily. So Ooh. Okay, future scientists, get yeah. on it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So like a, a honeybee nest would basically be the hive or like yes. a part of the hive, right? Mm -hmm. What does a nest for some of these other bees look like? Um, so, uh, like we were saying, these are solitary bees, but um, uh, the bumblebees also um, will nest uh, socially. So they'll nest underneath logs and things like that, um, usually in like fallen leaf litter or grass, um, something like that. And just kind of, they are social, so they are not considered sol solitary bees, um, like the megachiles and the other families of bees that we'll be looking at later. Um, but it really depends on the species and the family. Most of the families, um, like the, the megachiles, have um, a lot of weird nesting habits. They can nest um, underground. They can nest in um, plant stems. They can make their nests out of vomit or oh, mud <laughs> or, you know, a million different things. So the megachiles are kind of weird. They don't have a set way of building their nests, but most of these other bees do. Um, and usually... And we have one that makes uh, plastic that it lines its nest what? with. So we'll talk <laughs> like, about that later. Like, wait, like, literally what? like a biological plastic. It's Can you really cool. Elaborate on the vomit nests a little bit too, because yeah. I cannot be the only one going, what? <laughs> Give yeah. me more details. Yeah. So a lot of animals do this. It's, vomit Yeah, nests. vomit nests. I mean, it's what? not like true vomit. It's, it's chewed up plant matter that they then, you know, vomit up and mold into the shape of their nest. So oh. it's not just like, okay. you know, gross. I'm picturing it's like a dog gross. vomit, basically. No, no, so that's like dog, dog vomit, no. <laughs> maybe nuggety little baby bees like that kind of stuff. I mean, maybe. <laughs> but... <laughs> anyways back to the mega kyles um, my, my last little thing i wanted to mention about these guys um was the specific species mega kyle pluto which is the largest bee in the world what? um they're about an inch and a half long they're huge especially since a lot of our other bees are maybe like half an inch max and even smaller than that um mm -hmm. so these guys are huge um they were first described in 1859 they were lost to science for a long time and then rediscovered in 1981. Whoa. So <laughs> people just thought they were completely gone. They rediscovered them again and then we lost them again. We thought for sure they were extinct. And then January of 2019, so this year, January, um, they were found again in termite mounds in Indonesia. What? So yeah, it's Dude, pretty that's amazing. Crazy. Yeah, and they're just huge and have these giant mandibles and we're looking at a picture now, but everybody else should also look at a picture because they're pretty intense, megachiles. And this is megachile Pluto, the largest bee in the world. That's crazy. Yeah. Does Kyle mean like mandibles? Mega Kyle? Yeah, probably. I don't know. Oh, okay. that's a good question for Google. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Hey Google. Hey Google. Hey, hey Google. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's not gonna do it. Good try. What's the etymology for Mega Kyle? Ooh, good word etymology. Here is some information for where does the word Mega come from? <laughs> <laughs> it, it definitely said Mega Kyle, like the person's name. Oh no. <laughs> Well, we'll look it up later. Our third family of bees is the Helictidae. I didn't so, even know there were more. Sorry. I told you there were seven families. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Did not register. Okay, okay. Anyway, keep going. I mean, maybe I didn't. But heads up, there's seven <laughs> families and we're on three out of seven. Oh. So we're getting there, but not quite done. 
Um, so the third family is Helictidae. So these are the sweat bees. A lot of people are kind of familiar with these guys if you've ever done field work or just, you know, weeded a garden for too long and got kind of sweaty. Um, you probably had one of these guy, little guys land on you and try to lap up your sweat because it's nice and salty and delicious. Sweat bees. Yeah, sweat bees. Okay. They're the little green shiny guys. Um, they can also be black, um, but a lot of them are green and they're kind of metallic looking. They're really, really pretty little guys. Um, these guys are kind of weird. Um, they are all ground nesters, so they build tunnels and lay their eggs underground, um, but they can vary in sociality. So even the same species, one year can be very social and then the next year, not so much. And it might have to do with, you know, the local climate and things like that. If, you know, there aren't very many flowers around, there's not a lot of food, they might be a little bit defensive and not nest so closely together. Um, whereas if everything's going great, they have plenty of food, then they just kind of hang out together and it's no big deal. Um, but it's kind of a weird family and I thought that was really interesting that even the same species can sometimes be social and sometimes not. Because usually that's not how it works in the animal world. Either you yeah. love being around other animals or you just don't. Um, <laughs> but these guys are weird. That's cool. That's why they're my favorite. Oh! <laughs> um, so this is your favorite family of bees? It's, I mean, yeah, we'll say that. Until we get to, like, the next one. But, yeah. <laughs> That's um, a, yeah, okay. They're so That's cute. so relatable. <laughs> they're just super cute, and they're really common. So a lot of people have seen them, and then once you point out, like, these are sweat bees, they're like, oh, yeah, like, I see those all the time. Um, and some people don't even realize that they are bees. I've had people be like, oh, look at this little fly. And I'm like, no, that's a bee. Um, and the easiest way to tell a fly from a bee would be looking at its wings. I say easiest, but, you know, if it's flying, you probably can't really tell. Um, but <laughs> flies are in the order diptera, which means to die, wing terra. I know that one. So two winged. Um, so they only have two wings, whereas um, other insects will have four wings. Including bees. Including bees, yeah. I've never and noticed that. Like, yeah. four wings? Four wings, yeah. So, and when they're sitting, you know, on a plant, they do fold their wings up, and it's hard to tell if they have four wings. Um, but right as they start taking off, they'll spread those wings out, and you can tell fairly easily oh. how many they have. You can also look at their face. Um, bees tend to have eyes on the side of their head that are not connected in the front, um, whereas flies often have eyes that are, you know, touching in the front, or at the very least, they're very um, circular and very large, and bee eyes tend to be more oval-shaped. So what you're telling me is that in order to figure out if it's a fly or a bee, mm -hmm. you just need to get really close. Just need to get real close. Deep into its eyes. <laughs> yes. Okay. And just just ask it. Are you a bee or are you a fly? Can I give a little and, smooch? Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say that yes, you, Rachel the Naturalist, can give it a smooch. I'm gonna say no to everyone else because I don't want to be held liable for anybody getting hurt. <laughs> I'm liable for my own. <laughs> yes. Stupid actions. Yes. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So, yeah. Please don't smooch bees. Um, these guys, I mean, solitary bees in general are very, you know, non-aggressive. They're not even really that defensive. Um, the only time they're going to bite you is going to be if they get, like, stuck under your shirt or something and they get scared, they might bite you. But Bite or sting? Um, usually bite. They Really? They don't really sting. Oh, I thought, like, I thought for sure you had misspoke or something. Nope. <laughs> but <laughs> I should know better. <laughs> and now, now I'm, like, really shocked. Like, I had no idea that they would bite you. Oh, yeah. 
Well, Lindsay's back here just, <laughs> just terrified silent. now. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. They bite you. Does it hurt? Probably. I've never gotten bit, so I've, I've heard of other people that work in the field getting bit, but I've They've never bothered me. I don't know. I guess they sense that I'm their friend. <laughs> but I love um, it. Yeah, they're great. And then um, a specific species in this family I wanted to talk about real quick was the alkali bee. Um, mm-hmm. So these guys are very unique in that they are the only solitary ground nesting bee that is commercially managed for crop pollination. So we do actually use them to help pollinate our crops, just like we use honeybees. What? Yeah. And there's, there's like five different species of fruits um, that we use now, um, uh, that we use solitary bees for. Um, I can't remember what all of them are. I think it's like oranges, um, some other stuff. Stuff that we like would recognize. Yeah, it's it's like big crops. Um, It's not just, you know, weird stuff that like, you know, only hippie people eat or something. So (laughs) they are, they are important and they can, you know, and um, there have been studies showing that even if you just have like two tiny little patches of wildflowers, like in your crop field, um, your yield will grow up like a lot. Um, I can't remember the exact numbers and I'm not going to make stuff up, but (laughs) (laughs) your yield, your crop yield will go up, you know, a ton. And it's just because you have some wildflowers and now you're attracting, you know, native pollinators to help you out with your crops. Nice. Um, And solitary bees are much less likely to also fall prey to, you know, hive collapse and things like that that are a big problem right now. Because they're not in a hive. Yeah, they're not in a hive. They're (laughs) solitary. So if you are solitary, you're much less likely to spread diseases to your friends because... You don't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing Among their own if, thing. What if they're having a social year, though? I mean, true. Yeah, maybe sweat bees aren't the best one to use for this. But, you know, some of these other species are actually also used just much less frequently gotcha. than the acolyte bee. That's so, cool. Yeah. Okay, so that's three families. That's three families. Here we go. So, oh! <laughs> okay, uh, sorry. We'll, Nicole we'll, pulled up a picture. <laughs> It's got a little mustache. <laughs> so these are my actual favorite family, I think. So these Please are the, describe them. Yes, these are the Adrenidae. Um, a lot of them are pretty, they have uh, black with white fur, um, but they can also be black with yellow fur, a bunch of different colors. Um, but the males have these beautiful white mustaches located right underneath their eyes. And it's only the males that have that. The girls, they have little uh, white lines of hair on their face that kind of look like little angry eyebrows. So (laughs) this is just the cutest to be family for sure. Um, And they are all ground uh, nesters. And they're also what we call the minor bees. Um, So that's kind of a more buzzy word (laughs) for these guys that is used pretty often. As in like young or miners. <laughs> Miner, like with a pickaxe digging okay. underground. Miner. <laughs> Is that what they do? Yeah, they, well, I mean, they don't have pickaxes. They do have <laughs> some really fun mandibles that they can use to, you know, chew up dirt and things like that. Um, so, yeah, they're good little diggers. But what if they get dirt in their mustaches? <laughs> I mean, they so bees groom themselves all the time. If you watch oh. a bee, you know, on a flower for long enough, you will see it run its cute little hands over its face and keep everything looking nice. So, especially if you have a mustache, you got to groom that, make it look. <laughs> yeah, man, I didn't know I had a favorite family of bees until just now. <laughs> they're <Right>? amazing, <laughs> um, and yeah, they're just adorable. I love their silly little mustaches, and it's hilarious <laughs> to me that it's only the males that have these mustaches. So. Yeah. 
That's all I got. They're just cute. They're <laughs> Do my you have favorite. favorite species <laughs> in mean, this favorite family. Yes. So my favorite species that's found here in Kansas um, would be the uh, spring beauty minor bee because oh. they're black and white and just super cute. Um, you dressed up like that in our solitary bee video. <laughs> I did. So There's cute. a reason for that. <laughs> um, so, and all of the families that we've talked about so far are found in Kansas. Um, I'll, there's a couple that aren't, but I'll make sure to note that when we get to those. So Cool. Yeah. They're super cute. The next family is the Colididae. These are the ones that are also known as cellophane bees or plasterer bees. And these are the little weirdos that make a biological plastic to line their nests. Um, so it is, you know, made in their stomach. These are the ones that, you know, make nests out of vomit. Um, but it's like a weird, clear plastic vomit that is literally like cellophane they would use to wrap up gifts and things like that. So um, I imagine that it probably helps with like humidity and things like that inside the nest. Huh. Um, probably adds at least a little bit of protection to their babies. Um, but yeah, super weird. They can nest underground or also in plant stems. Um, and the Hylaeus species, the yellow-faced bees, will actually carry pollen in their stomachs. They do not have the long hairs that a lot of other bees have to carry the, the pollen on their legs or on their, on their abdomen. So they actually eat the pollen and then throw it up later to feed their babies. Weird. So. That's really cool. Is Arts antennas supposed to look like little ram's horns? <laughs> no, so we're looking at a picture of a pinned specimen. Oh. So its, it's antennas are kind of folded back, but that's really common in pinned specimens because then it's less likely to um, break off later. So it looks really nice when you like spread out the wings and spread out the legs and spread out the antennas when you are making an insect collection, but it's also really easy to break off all of those extremities. So some people just kind of fold them back and then they stay safe that way. You know what um, his little face reminds me of? What? Beedrill. <laughs> yes, it does. Pokemon. Yeah, and this, this is the yellow-faced bee, the Hylaeus, that we're looking at right now. So, <laughs> yeah. Her head. There's a lot. So, okay, Pokemon. speaking of Pokemon, um, <laughs> oh. it was made by, like, a little entomologist nerd. So that's why, oh. you know, when you think of gotta collect them all and all that fun stuff, like, that's very common in, um, you know, bug nerds because you collect an insect collection and you're trying to collect one of every species and that oh kind of stuff. God. And there's a ton of different Pokemon that are based off of insects. So, including Beedrill and Butterfree and all that fun stuff. Oh. So, yeah. That's great. Okay. I love Pokemon. <laughs> I love bugs. <laughs> I think Pokemon really primed my, my brain to be a bug nerd. Like, honestly, <laughs> I really do. It was probably a lot of pe people our age is like first exposure to like yeah. the addiction of collecting yeah, items collecting in video games and, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> That's Absolutely. what makes birds appealing to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Birds, birds lists and lifeless. And, oh, yeah. It's great. <laughs> I, I just texted you like a couple days ago like I found a new species of red velvet ant oh my gosh yeah I was so excited but like yeah like most people would never even have noticed it but no. to me I just knew immediately I was like oh, that's a new species that's awesome I took a bunch of pictures so that's amazing do you, have, do you have like a spreadsheet or something of all the insects you've observed ever in my head but <laughs> not, not written down anywhere I probably should oh. because I bet it's pretty high by this point yeah yeah that's what I do for fun is just look for flowers because I like flowers, but also because flowers attract insects. <laughs> That's really what I'm after. <laughs> Nerd. Um, hey. <laughs> hey. Okay, sorry. Nerd is not 
a derogatory term at all. Nerd is a compliment, so thank you so much. You're thank you, so nerd welcome. listeners. You're so welcome. <laughs> yes, listeners, thank you. I hope if you're not a nerd, that this changes you. Yes. For the better. Hopefully for the better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, B family number six is hard to say, so bear with me. Melitidae is probably how you say it. Um, <laughs> I don't believe that they live here in Kansas, um, but they do live kind of to the south. They're really common in Texas, and they're a super small family of bees. They're all ground nesters, and they have highly specialized um, limbs. So this picture that we're looking at, it shows, you know, the bee with its normally very small arms stretched out in front of it and they're reaching like way past its face it's its legs are like almost as long as its body it's like a crane <laughs> fly in the bee world yes. is what it reminds me yeah. of like, so these guys are highly specialized uh, pollinators and they go after very specific kinds of flowers like what um, is this a kansas bee no i do not believe that they live in kansas oh, um, i'm not i'm not 100% sure but i don't think that they live here i've certainly never seen a bee that looked anything like this um, but they, they go after very specific kinds of flowers, so they have to have specialized, you know, limbs and mouths to go after those flowers. So they'll actually scoop that pollen out with those front legs. And they're kind of weird looking, but also kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's very furry. It's very furry, yes. So, you know, these are not one of the ones that would be eating the pollen. They just, like, stick it on their belly and carry it back to the nest. They don't all do that, though, right? Because I've definitely seen, like, what do they call them, saddlebags on certain bees? Um, yeah, so those are going to be, um, like, the only ones that have specific pollen receptacles are really going to be um, honeybees. So honeybees have those giant, you know, saddlebags on their back legs that they use to store the pollen in, and they can store a lot of pollen in there. Um, but most of our other bees, they're just kind of picking it up on their fur and going about their day, which also makes them very good pollinators um, because it falls off when they visit the next flower. Um, so, and it's all over their body instead of just being on their leg, it's, you know, on their belly. So then when they rub up against the anther of the flower, the next flower, they're pollinating that flower. Ooh. So, yeah. Cute. Very cute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So bee family number seven of seven. Um, we're already at seven? What? We're already at seven. Oh, no. I still like the mustaches. <laughs> yes, the adrenids with their cute little mustaches are the best. Um, but yeah, this has been family number seven. This is also hard to say. <laughs> Would you like to try? Oh, okay. Yeah. Stenotritidae. 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 Who knows? Stenotritidae. I love it. So this is the smallest bee family, and they are only found in Australia, so you'll never see Aww. one of these guys. Um, they're pretty Unless beefy I bees. I go to Australia. Okay, sorry. I mean, yeah, <laughs> if you go to Australia, then you might see them. I'll clarify. You'll never see these in Kansas. Um, hopefully, we don't have invasive bees from Australia. Um, but these are these are only ground nesters, like a lot of our other families. Um, and they're pretty large bees, kind of like the megachiles. They have big, beefy bodies. Um, they tend to be black, black and yellow, or a metallic green color, kind of like our sweat bees that we talked about earlier. Um, and yeah, I don't think that there's a whole lot known about them, um, which is a little interesting. Um, but they're pretty cute little guys too. I like yeah. them. 
I've always wanted to go to Australia, and now I have another reason to. So <laughs> <laughs> they're fantastic. To see more bees. To see more bees. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so a lot of what I talked about today was from the University of Minnesota Bee Lab. Um, they have a really great website with lots of information, and that is beelab.umn.edu. And they're a really, really good resource. Well, um, now I have some favorite bees. <laughs> <laughs> good. I'm so glad. Um, do you have any other questions? If you could be a bee for 48 hours, but you had to survive 48 hours as a bee in order to live. Mm -hmm. Like if you die as a bee, it's not like a video game where you just get to respawn, like you're dead <laughs> for real forever. Would you be a bee for 48 hours? I think I would. Yeah. Could yeah. finally learn about like really cool stuff that we've been wondering about, like how, you know, all the bee vision and like see an ultraviolet and like, mm -hmm. okay, okay. Let me clarify. I would only be a bee for 48 hours if I got to keep all those bee memories. So that oh, I yeah, could totally. like, yeah, like further science and stuff. Cause like how bees see things and like ultraviolet nectar guides on flowers and things like that, that lead them to the nectar in the middle is just really fascinating. And I wanna like, we have all these like photos that are like supposedly how they see it, but yeah. I wanna see how they actually see it. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, like, is it a different color? Like, yeah. it would be, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would imagine. Like, what does another color look like besides the colors we can see? Yeah. Can a dog visualize red? <laughs> I don't know. In the same way, how can, yeah, that'd be really fun. Sorry, now my brain's just like <laughs> imagining the possibilities. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, cool. What would be your strategy for surviving 48 hours as a bee? I think I would want to be a large bee, <laughs> like maybe like a bumblebee. <laughs> Wouldn't somebody try to eat you though? Like some bird be like, hey, what a snack. But like I'm bright and yellow and saying, hey, buzz off. <laughs> there had to be a bee pun at some so point. That was so bad. <laughs> oh my God. I wouldn't want to be a sweat bee because then like people try to kill sweat bees when they bother them. You know? Then you wouldn't bother a person. But like, okay, I guess. I'm sticking by Bumblebee, okay? Okay, okay, fine. <laughs> cool. Do bees talk to each other? I mean, probably. Not in a way that we think about, um, that we understand, but there's there's all sorts of weird communication going on in the animal world that we don't really know what's going on. Um, you know, there's the waggle dance that honeybees do. That's the most, you know, well-known bee communication, but... Um, I'm sure there's tons of other stuff that yeah. we're just not aware of. Um, and I can't remember, were you talking about this yesterday with the uh, prairie dogs and how they have different calls? I don't know if it was yesterday, but like I talk about that a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, they're my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they have different calls for people in like different colored shirts and like yeah. different heights. And like that's insane. Like there's so much communication that we just aren't picking up on. But, yeah. You know, it's obviously happening. Right. But we just, don't understand it. So. Yeah, like those bees that were like in the tunnel, like all facing the same direction. Dude, yeah. I asked Mike what that was about, by the way, mm -hmm. this morning. Yeah. And he was like, oh, they're just creating a wind current to Ooh, draw heat, cool heat out of the hive. hive. Yeah, right? Isn't that so freaking cool. crazy? <laughs> okay, last question, Nicole. Yes. I think. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but I think it's my last question. <laughs> what is your favorite thing about bees? question's not fair. Well, I mean, the question, like, what is your favorite is not fair, and that's why we're doing this whole podcast, so do your best. <laughs> um, I don't know. 
I think my favorite thing about bees is like the more you learn about them, the more you realize you don't know, and like how much more we have to learn about them, and like how many different species there are. Um, like I said, you know, 98% of our bee species that we know of are actually solitary nesters. They're not the social nesters that we think about. Um, so there's probably a whole bunch more that we haven't found yet and still plenty of research to be done. I think that's exciting. <laughs> it is super exciting. Okay. Well, thanks, Nicole, for yeah. talking about your favorite. Absolutely. Don't forget to mention our sponsor. Oh, and you know what? We got to thank our sponsors. The Great Plains Nature Center where we work. <laughs> if you would like to sponsor us, just support the Great Plains Nature Center. Yeah, if, if you like don't have money to spend on us, that's fine. We don't have money to spend on us. So <laughs> like, just come support us by coming to our programs. Come, yes! to, come to our free events, come to um, our open auditorium programs. Um, we have so much free stuff going on all the time. Um, and just come support us. You don't have to have money to support us. We just love seeing your beautiful faces. Anything? Like, what are they? (laughs) (laughs) All bodily flatulence stays in the podcast. No! (laughs) Oh, no.